Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hang Time Podcast. Backing down a lefty hook, takes it in. With your host, Elliot Anderson, stuffed it down behind his head. Seku Smith, but Kippen is good at the buzzer. And Vince Thomas. Slices across the lane, puts up a hook on the run. No, but a dynamite stick back slam. Now it's time for the tip Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hang Time Podcast. Seku Smith from the Hang Time blog. Vincent H. Thomas from Many Endeavors, my co-host and partner in basketball crimes. What's happening, Vince? When did I? When did my middle name start with an H? When oh, did yeah, I, I just I just thought it sounded kind of fresh. So oh, okay. All right. You can make that H stand for whatever you want. We to. can stick with CA. What's yeah. going on, Vincent? <laughs> you 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 back from the tundra, huh? Back from the tundra. Back from a beautiful weekend of watching uh, my homeboy Floyd Money Mayweather Ooh. deliver the goods once again. Money May. Grand Rapids finest doing it best, you know, beating the sugar out of Shane Mosley. <laughs> you know, that's what I want to see. Yo, um, the fight, it, it's just great to see some, a tactician like that. You know what I mean? But to me, what was even more in, uh, entertaining than, than the fight was his 24-7. Because he was just going in relentlessly on Shane. He, he said the dude had a jerry curl, so he, like, he woke up in a hot tub time machine. <laughs> Shane wore a green suit to one of the the, the promo events, and, and and Floyd was like, "Why are you wearing green? I made more money in my last bout than you made in your whole career." <laughs> Said he had a nose job. I mean, and then he just went into the ring, and 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 like you said, beat the sugar out of him. Truth hurts, you know. Hey, it's tough. It's tough when you you know when you can back it up like that. And you know, I'm I'm an unabashed member of the uh, Money Mayweather fan club. You know, being from the same place and everything. I'm I'm not going to apologize for my fandom. And you better believe I was on the horn yesterday morning letting everybody know they doubted. Yeah. You know, what what time it was. So, What what, what do you think about these uh, Kobe Bryant pictures in the, in the Los Angeles Times don't, magazine? Don't, don't show me those again. I don't want to see those. Listeners, you got uh, go to the go to L.A. Times website. And uh, he was the, the cover boy on the um, on the L.A. Times mag uh, for the this month's L.A. Times magazine. And it just it's just some interesting pictures, and I think no, we can I, leave I it at that. Those okay? I don't think interesting is the right. I don't think that's the right word for uh, this this photo spread. Interesting is not the term what's, I was thinking of using. Frightening photos. is more like it. Yo, hey, what 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 about what about Kobe uh, coming in third behind the young boy? I'm, uh, I'm upset. I, I put some on the the uh, hang time blog about it this morning. How in the world does I don't mind the third place, mm-hmm. but how are there seven Ugh. first place votes out there and he doesn't get a one? 
I mean, LeBron James, of course, won his second straight MVP, and he very much deserving. Mm-hmm. You know, he got what 116 of the first place votes handed out. Yeah, but the but the other seven get split between Dwight Howard and Kevin Durant, and Kobe gets none. Well, um, well, see the the fallacy though is just that it was not a unanimous first place right. vote for well, LeBron to begin with. Sure. I mean, I, seriously, if there if there was a season where there should have been a unanimous pick for the Most Valuable Player award, it was this season. Who in their right mind would think or suggest that somebody was more valuable to their team than LeBron? Shout out to Kevin Durant. Shout out to Cole. Shout out to Dwight Howard. Those dudes are not as valuable as LeBron James. Right. Yeah, and don't forget now, on these same ballots, uh, the names Chris Bosh, Steven Jackson. Oh, man. You know, these these names were mentioned on people's ballots. So it's 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 not just the top of the ballot that I have an issue with. It's, it's some of the names you fill it out with. I know you got to put five people down. Mm-hmm. But Co- Steven Jackson, Chris oh. ba- Chris Bosh's team didn't even make the playoffs. Right, 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 right. Well, who 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 would have been your five? Well, I know I know it would have went like this: LeBron James, got you. Kevin Durant, with you. Kobe Bryant, with you. Dwight Howard, Mm-mm, but go ahead. And Carmelo Anthony. Those, those would have been my five. I'm putting I'm putting Nash in there at the at the number four spot, mm-hmm. and, and I'll, I'll I'll roll with you um, with uh, Carmelo Anthony at five. Do, do, we got to talk about Dwight Howard's first for, uh, first round performance. I mean, we'll we'll see if he if he ups his his performance in the second round against a small Hawks team. But those Charlotte big men kind of had him on lock. Like you, I like I like I said that they might. In our, well, in no, our preview. You, that, that's not what you it, said. What it you absolutely said was, was. What you said was Tyson Chandler is a man-child is what you said. You said <laughs> okay, you right. Said so Tyson Chandler is okay, a beast. Okay, so, and uh, that he's going to lock Dwight Howard down. Course, that's what you of, said. Of course you're going to exaggerate. <laughs> but you know that my point was those those Charlotte big men, and I, okay, speci- I did say specifically Tyson Chandler, <laughs> but I said that they were going to give him problems. And, I mean, did he did, did Dwight play more than 10 minutes a game in, yeah. any, in, in any one of those games? Yeah, he actually did. But the, the real issue is Dwight Howard let those Charlotte big men frustrate him. He let the officiating become a factor. I mean, I think he's, what, 70 grand lighter in the pocket right now? Did he get, did he get fined I twice? I think he got twice. I think I, think I know there once, was the yeah there was once the in the post game and then yeah. once on his blog. So I mean, wow. he let he let that get in under his skin and he let them take him out of his game. I think the bigger thing for for the Orlando Magic, you know, as they mm-hmm. move into the next round, forget Dwight. They rolled with him doing nothing. Yo, do you that think, that tells you that that team is is much more than just Dwight Howard? Do Do you think? Um, and you know this this will probably be a a, a good question that we can ask uh, C Webb when he comes on later. But Chris Webber. Uh, TNT analyst is yeah. joining us today along with uh, Michael Cunningham, the Hawks beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Yeah. Quick plug for our guests before we uh, get to them. Shout out to the Fat Five. Um, do you think that Dwight Howard is disrespected just in general? I mean, like, he, he thought that, you know, he, he said himself that he didn't think maybe that the refs respect him enough. No, do you I, agree with him? No, I don't. And I, and I love Dwight Howard's game when he's playing, you know, when he's, you love playing, his game? When he's playing that power game. Because, I mean, right, he's not – Abdul Jabbar, he's not that kind of skilled, mm-hmm. you know, big man. Mm-hmm. But what he is is a brute. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you play to your strengths and don't let, you know, uh, Theo Ratliff hanging on your shoulder bother you like that. I mean, he's throwing Gerald Wallace down, and I mean, he's, he's he was whining about fouls that were fouls. Right. I mean, it's not like he wasn't making contact with these cats. But so you don't you don't you don't think that there is a general lack of respect for Dwight Howard throughout the league. 
Cause some, from some, officials or just in general, I think I think that I think I, there's a general, uh, you know, overuse of the crying game by Dwight Howard. I think he whines a lot. I think he every. I mean, seriously, every time a whistle blows, you didn't foul. Every time you got mm-hmm. clean block. I mean, come on, man. Mm-hmm. And and it's not like he's alone in this. I never touched anybody fan club. Mm-hmm. All everybody thinks that they're foul. But dude, you as aggressive as he is, the leading rebound in the league, leading shot block in the league. You're gonna get some fouls called. Mm-hmm. Th- there may be a, there may be two or three fouls called on you during the course of a game. Mm-hmm. You got to play through that. Well, but, but see that, it, yeah, you do. A lot of people whine about calls, but I think it's not just the whining. It's the I think it's he he's a little too jovial. And I mean I know this is like sort of like a, a, a hackneyed thing when, when it comes to discussing Dwight Howard, but I think because you know he, I'm not gonna call it childish, but childlike. Okay, childlike because he has such a, a childlike nature about him. I think that in 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 general, he might not get some of the respect that that he deserves. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I'm so concerned about the quote unquote childlike stuff. I mean, LeBron has a great time. You know, the Cavaliers, the way they party and kick it. You know, throughout the course of a game, before, during, and after. A lot of people look at that. You remember Joe Kim Noah looked at it and didn't like it a whole lot. I mean. A lot of people see that and think that's some kind of foolishness or whatever. I don't mind Dwight Howard throwing up, you know, uh, trick shots during the warm-ups and doing some of the stuff they do. That's not, but that's not necessarily. That's not my problem. My thing is, throughout the course of games, if you watch the Magic a lot, I know you've watched what seventy-five percent of Lakers this year. So I don't know how much time that left you to view (laughs) Orlando Magic basketball. I watch them. I watch them enough. You know what I'm saying? I watch them enough. But I mean, if you've seen the Magic enough. There's a lot of whining and crying, and a lot of times that comes. That's an extension of what happens on your bench, and I think Stan Van Gundy does a lot of that. Does a lot of barking at the rest and a lot of, yeah. you know, crying yeah. at the quick, quick. And shot. that's that's too much, Vince. Like Dwight needs to be focused on other things, man. Let me let me give let me give a quick shout out to to the watch that you're wearing today. Is, you dig you, that? You got like a, a whole Times Square <laughs> screen. On your wrist, man. It's I, like I'll a tell you where I got it from, flat screen on your wrist, dude. I'll tell you where I got it, but I don't want to get nobody arrested. You got, um, it, you got it hot out of somebody's <laughs> trunk down there by the underground. Yeah, yo, see, there you, there you go, <laughs> causing problems. I, it wasn't me. Yeah, okay. It wasn't me, Clint. That's a, that's a, that's a big that's a big time watch. It wasn't me, Clint. Shout out to Clint Hawkins, the, the master of controls in there. Yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm just wanting to make this one final point, though, about Dwight Howard. Okay. We have to stop playing this game, and I'm – you remember the commissioner came out last week, you know, amidst all this stuff with coaches and players and the way they were going into these post-game pressers and trying to, you know, sway public opinion in, you know, in their favor about we're not getting the calls we deserve or this guy's getting too many calls. And they mm-hmm. said, listen, man, play ball. Play, you know, play ball. Kill the noise. Quit the crying. And just play ball. Yeah, I mean. With the, lots, of, lots of cats do it, Vince. Like who? Lots of guys in the league play through the same stuff Dwight Howard oh, is spending. Well, it's spending seventy seventy thousand dollars to vent about is what you, I'm saying. But you, but okay, I, and I and I definitely believe this. I think that Dwight Howard takes more punishment than just about in every everybody else in the league. You know what I mean? I it, it was so, sort of like you know Young Shaq because Dwight is such a specimen, they can just beat up on him. You know I didn't. What I, mean? I didn't think Young Shaq spent as much time. Moaning they, and groaning about this as no, young they, Dwight is doing. Because they respected him more. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I, don't, I disagree. But, it, but it's all good. I mean, it's all good. Now, speaking of Dwight Howard, Vince, uh, let's, let's bring in a good friend of the program, Mike Cunningham. 
Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Hawks beat writer, guy who knows what what the Hawks are up against, against, you know, Dwight Howard yeah. in this next round. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe he can shed some, some insights on what the Hawks can expect and what we can all expect from Dwight Howard. Okay. Mike, what's up, man? What's up? We, we're sitting here talking about Dwight Howard and, and you know, how he struggled in the, in the Magic's first round series. What are the expectations for what the Hawks can, ex- you know, do to him in this round to maybe continue that frustration or, or uh, you know, put some pressure on him to, to really uh, affect this series? Yeah, talking to the uh, Hawks today, uh, Woody still hasn't really made up his mind about how he's going to uh, approach Dwight, whether you uh, – you know, help out and double him or play him sh- straight up. And then, um, you know, if you double him, you're going to leave some of those shooters open. Um, but I think what the Bobcats did from what I saw, one, one important thing they did is they attacked him with their wing guys and they got him into foul trouble and frustrated him that way. And I think that's going to be important for the Hawks to do. Um, and also, I think Al is a very good post defender, but he's going to have to stay out of foul trouble because he's so important on the offensive side as well. So it is kind of a pick your poison situation, like Woody said. And um, I think they plan on giving him a lot of different looks to try to keep him off balance and frustrate him. You know, Mike, the, the Hawks they took a lot of heat uh, in in the last round um, for for playing uh, what some might call underachieving basketball. Uh, you know, they, they they met a, they met a squad that was without its best player. And, you know, somehow they, you know, still took Atlanta to seven games. And, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to see a different team uh, in this Orlando series. Maybe more, you know, a, a more committed team, you know, uh, maybe a team playing with a little more intensity. What, what do you think? I think we will. I think, uh, especially listening to Al Horford today, some of his comments, as crazy as it sounds, you know, they're kind of saying we've, we realize that if we play with defensive intensity, we can beat anybody. I don't know why it took them this long to figure it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, but yeah. they, you know, I, don't, I don't know why it took until, you know, game six, really, of the first-round playoff series to figure it out. But now they say they have figured it out that if they play with defensive intensity all the time, that they could be a really good team. So I think they'll come out that way from the from the jump against against the Magic and not wait like they did against the Bucks, So it was a good wake-up call for them. Uh, not good for them to have to go seven games like that. But I think I think we will see a better Hawks team, whether that's enough, you know, I'm not sure. Mike, you, you've watched this team long enough now to become as infuriated as, as the rest <laughs> of the people who have watched them for a long time <laughs> yeah, with man. just how inconsistent they are. Like, you almost expect them to play down to the competition against the Bucks, so to say. But then – Orlando shows up, and who knows? Do you, do you think we could see, like, this totally different setup in terms of just how engaged they are in the series because they know it's Orlando? I think so. And I think they also know, I mean, you know how the, the Hawks make up. They know that more people will be looking at this series, too. <laughs> you know, now it's, it's the Magic, it's Dwight, it's the second round. There's not as many other series going on now, so there's a little bit – more of attention on them, and I think they, they will respond to that, especially guys like, you know, Jamal, who, who likes the spotlight, as we know, <laughs> and, and Josh, and, you know, and this is an opportunity for Al to get a little shine, too. Another thing with Al, too, is he's going down to Orlando, back to Gatorland, and I know last time he was there, they hit a lot of media around him and a lot of fans there that like him, so I think he'll be fired up for that. And, you know, I, 
And then it's funny you said that about the infuriating thing about this team. When I first <laughs> got on the team in January and all the fans were just kind of so down on him, even though they were, you know, they were doing pretty good. I was like, what do you know, they look pretty good to me. But now I see what everybody means. This team, <laughs> this team, I can't, you know, I've had a hard time figuring out. It's been a really challenge to cover that way because you want to give them credit for the 53 wins, you know, and they were still winning, but you could just see, you know, the hints of things that were going to be trouble later on, like blowing games late and not really playing as uh, intense as they can on defense and not sharing the ball. And, you know, I kept thinking, man, this stuff's going to come back to get them. And it almost did against the Bucks. I mean, they were, what, 24 minutes away from losing that series, really. They just put them away in the second half Sunday. So it is – I can see why it's very infuriating for fans. I feel their pain now. Well, <laughs> I, do you think that their the, the Hawks' performance was a – it was at least better than than the former team you covered the Heat's performance. The Heat's performance, right? <laughs> I mean, come on, like yo, that was some real D League ball they were playing in in that series. Um, well, they got a D League squad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm, you know what I mean. Not, and then now I guess you know the, the, it, it begs the question, you know, about you know Dwayne Wade's Dwayne Wade's future. You see him staying there? I think he will, man. Mm-hmm. I think he will. Uh, everybody forgets in the free agent stuff, first of all, how many Mac guys ever actually switch teams? Mm-hmm. I mean, point. Mm-hmm. unless you get signed and trade, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. That's a lot. I don't care how much money you got. That's a lot of money to leave out there. So that's number one. And number two, I think he knows that Pat Riley, if you look at Pat Riley's history as, as a GM, he, they don't stay bad for long. He's always making moves. He's always trying to make them better. You know, he brought him, he brought in Shaq. You know, that worked. When that went bad, he brought in Jermaine O'Neal and cleared enough cap room now to where they can make a move now. So he knows that Riles is always going to put a good team around him as long as he's there. So if you have the money and you have a GM that's always going to make the team better and you have a great city with good weather, I mean, why would he leave? He knows that they're going to be better. That's the only thing that's missing right now in that whole equation. And he knows he's going to get his money. So I, I think he is going to stay. Well, that's, that's I mean, it. The summer is going to be humongous for a lot of teams, Mike. Um, you know, Miami, uh, you know, in New York, obviously, Cleveland, Chicago, all these places. You are not going to get any rest this summer either. You got a head coach <laughs> that's going to be a free agent, and then Joe Johnson is going to be a free agent. What I mean, what does the forecast look like right now for the chances of both of those guys either coming back or leaving the Hawks? For Woody, I would say – Cloudy <laughs> is the forecast. Cloudy with meatballs. Cloudy with a chance yeah. of meatballs. Cloudy with some, some, some menacing storms rolling in known as ASG, the ownership of the Hawks, yeah. that really haven't given any indication that they want him to stay. Uh, they've, For Joe, I would say it's you know probably partly cloudy. They have at least said that we want to keep Joe here. You know, that's easy to say that until it comes down to some money, but they are at least saying we are going to make an attempt to keep him when they have not said that with Woody. So I think right now you'd have to say a better chance for Joe than Woody. But if they somehow win this series, it, it, it obviously would change everything. I, could, I couldn't see how they could bring both guys back. I mean, your coach gets you to the East Finals the first time ever since you've been in Atlanta. Right. And, you, and your star, we have to think, will play a big part in getting him there, although he didn't have a great series against Milwaukee. So if that happens, then I would have to say – both guys will be back. I'm, I mean, you know, Woody is going to be up against it, you know, in 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 this series because you know it's, it's it's not like they have the the matchup advantages that they did in the first round series. And I happen to be a Stan Van Gundy fan, 
I think I but think he's more than a fan, Mike. This <laughs> this cat has basically got his coaching rank goes uh, Red Arback, Phil Jackson, Stan Van Gundy, and the rest of the cats. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but you, you know, I think right now, right now, Stan Van Gundy, I, I believe, is one of the better coaches, you know, in the league. And as we all know, in the playoffs, it, 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 a strategy comes into play, you know, very often when when you're playing the same team. You know, you know, four, four to seven games um, in a row, and you know, you, you wonder sometimes about the Hawk strategy, as in, like, is there any strategy? You know, <laughs> you know this, what I mean. This, this so, no, it's not. I mean, so what do you exp- what do you think about that? Are we going to see? Are we going to see somebody get out coached in this next round? Uh, well, first I will say, you know, I covered Stan in Miami. He's a very good coach. Thank he you. Was- I don't think he's under underrated anymore, but he had been underrated for mm-hmm. a while. Uh, he's very good at doing what Woody hasn't quite been able to do with this bunch, and that's to get them and buy into that culture of defensive intensity all the time. And he just stays on them about defense. I mean, Woody does too, but just staying, especially when he's in Miami, which already had that culture with Pat Riley of defense, he just really got those guys to buy into this. Hey, if we defend, don't worry about the scoring. That'll come. We got Dwayne Wade. We'll – that's going to happen, and he's a really good coach in that regard. And uh, Woody is going to have to do some coaching this series, man, for real. I mean, we're talking about the problems about is it going to be Dwight or is it going to be the shooters. Um, and, I mean, frankly, Woody's going to have to do a better job to get these guys to buy into that defense, and he's going to have to do a good, better job of getting them to share the ball. And, yeah. you know, his contention is that he does tell these guys to share the ball. He calls the plays, and, and they don't run it well. To me, if he's calling the plays and they don't run it, then maybe it's time to put somebody on the bench or it's time, you know. It's time, I mean, I mean, it's, you'd hate for that to happen now in the playoffs, but he really didn't do that all season. So he's now in this situation where, where guys buy into what he was saying all year. Is like when you ask him about, you know, the isolation with Joe Johnson, it's always, hey, that stuff didn't work. We won 53 games. We won 53 grand. So now they kind of got that mindset that this is what worked for us all season, but it doesn't work as well in the playoffs when you have these series and there's going to be adjustments. No, that's that's great points, Mike. And you know, Vince is new to this thing, Mike. He's he's just now getting a true taste of Hawks basketball. You you've been able to live it the last few months. I I did it before you, so I know how stressful it can be. I mean, I felt awful. Like I used to feel like, wow, I'm, I'm hating on these cats, or I feel like I'm taking them to pieces all the time. But it, it really is justified when a team is is as inconsistent as they can be at times. Yeah, it, it is like that. It was like I, I felt the same way. I'm hating on this 53 win team, and you know, would it be like, come on, man, give us a break here? And it's like the result, even with the offense, you can sit there and talk about isolation, but when you look at the offensive numbers, they look so good. Yeah. So you're sitting there writing it, and you're like, man, how can I be ripping this one when, when the numbers look so good? But now we see why, why we're doing that all along. You're right. looking at it, and but it's I got I got to run, fellas. Yeah, yeah. Listen, we listen. We know the martyr is smarter. So uh, you get your cell phone up the way, man. Listen, and be safe in Orlando. We appreciate you coming on with us, Mike. All right, thanks, Coach. All right, now. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. Michael Cunningham from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Hawks beat writer, extraordinary. Enjoy him coming on with us. And, you know, listen, I've been there. I I know how infuriating it is, Vince. You cannot stop looking. You're mesmerized by Kobe's photo shoot, huh? I mean, (laughs) what? (laughs) Kobe. We you know get... what? You know it took me. No, nah, because I mean, I, I'm I, I don't want to go in on him too hard, but like what? you know, it took me it took me a long time to grow to like Kobe. 
Why? You know, what I was. Mean? A, what do you, mean? I, I, you know, I was. A, you were not a Kobe fan. Born, born and raised Laker fan, but you, mm-hmm. I mean, he's the same. He's the same age as I am. He's a year older, and right. you know, back in 1996, you know, I was listening to Wu Tang right. and and Nas, and when I see some dude, you know, um, say announce that he's going to the NBA with. A pair of Ray Ban sunglasses on top of his <laughs> on top of his head. It's like ah, it was that Brandy in the prom thing. Yeah, Brandy in the yeah. prom, like he, he just wasn't my kind of guy. Right. But you know, because he was so great, you know. And then there was the Jordan impersonating sure. and all that. But after a while, he, he grew in. He, he he grew into be becoming his own man. And you know, you just you liked him for how great he was. Well, and, who, who and, would he be impersonating but, with the white? That's, the that's white me. scully with the top white top hat and the bow tie, white bow tie. I mean, Ooh, uh, this is something. Ben I mean, Vereen, maybe? <laughs> people, I mean, anybody that hasn't seen this, oh, my God. But I that's mean, what, but the, that's what pictures. happens with these athletes, though, man. It's like they, they, um, they allow for the photographers. They trust the photographer's vision, you know, and they and you know the photographer. I guarantee you, he's like, no, Kobe, this is this is a good look for you. You're gonna you're gonna like this. No, it's gonna Woo. come out great. We got you in all white. You're gonna love it. Bow tie. And Kobe's probably like, all right, if you say so. And then the magazine hits, uh, and he, I love how, and, and you know what I'm I saying. I love how you reenacted that conversation, like. You the photographer not like Kobe. You gotta love this. That's that's exactly how it went. <laughs> that, no, I'm saying because you know Kobe. Kobe is a, he's a, he's a trusting guy. I guess you know I've seen him. <laughs> I've seen him in 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 a few like uh, GQ Esquire. I've seen him. You know he lets he lets the people you know do what they do. And there's no way that he obviously there's no way he came up with this. And I guarantee you, especially when he when they put him in the bow tie and the top hat, I guarantee you he's thinking in his head. Man, Kobe this, looks very pretty, <laughs> but, but too pretty. Like this is what we're saying: too pretty. You know, Clint, uh, Clint, <laughs> Clint swears that there had to be a payoff, some kind of bribe or a payoff to get him dressed up like this. I listen. I am just. I I don't know where to begin. I mean, like, son, what about the what the, about the the hoodie joint right here where he looks like a, <laughs> like he's in the uh, Lawrence of Arabia remake or something? Cole, right? what like, are you, I, Cole? What are you doing, I'm, man? I'm tripping. This is this is classic stuff, man. This, you know what the beautiful thing too is about these sorts of th- pictures? They never go away. Like any, you go to Google twenty years from now, you go put in Kobe Bryant's name and put in, click images. These you know, these joints are coming up. I want to know. I want to know what uh, the women. I want to know what women think about it. Because if women see these pictures and they go, "Oh no, Kobe looks hot," then it's all good. Oh, he, he, could, he, he, he could care. He could care less what we think about it. If the ladies okay? say, it's, if the ladies lady say this was a good up? look for Kobe, wow. then 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 you know all is all is right in in Kobe land. But just this, something tells me that they're gonna look at this and they're gonna say, mm, "You did wrong." I don't know, man. This go back to the go, go back one more time to the <laughs> which one the, the the joint where he's like got the hoodie on and it's. <laughs> Just what are we doing here, people? <laughs> is, would you let listen? Would you let me pose up like this? No. Nah, would you not? Would you not kick the camera over and stop this photo shoot right then when you saw this? That's, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, is because you know his wife was there with him. So I mean, she must have said no. That's a good look. You and you know you can't pull that look off. You don't think I can pull I it? Can, I, no, you don't I don't think th- I can rock that. I don't think you can pull it off. I know I couldn't pull it off. A little V-neck white T-shirt with the taco meat and the <laughs> with the t- with the, you oh the the yeah, Lawrence Arabia the, yeah with the little you don't think I can rock that? 
we don't want to start talking about chess hair <laughs> on, the, on the NBA, on the Hang Time podcast. Yeah, we, specifically not your chess hair. We don't want to start talking about that. I thought I thought Ron Artest went out with the with the hair coloring and all that stuff, but this this my friends might take the cake. White hot is the uh, <laughs> Kobe Bryant. White hot is the title of this thing. It's oh unbelievable. boy, believable. It's LATimesMagazine.com. You have got to check this out. Uh, I'm sure Kobe has seen it. And if, if his Lakers teammates are anywhere near the locker room cutups that they ought to be, there are some life-size cutouts of these joints in the locker room today. Yeah, they got, they, got they better go. be up today. They, 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 they might go in on them, but Kobe could, Kobe could also look at them and say, you say one thing, I'm only taking five shots tonight. <laughs> and then, and then, we'll, then we'll see how, well, how, tell you this how hard they go in on them. Let, let Clint Hawkins or Micah Hart, our super producer, let one of them show up in a L.A. Times magazine or a – Cobb County Magazine or, or anything magazine dressed up like this, somebody's getting clown, folks. Look, if they Photoshop me and airbrush the way they did Kobe in these photos, I feel like they could make me look all right. Micah, I don't know that there's any way you can make anybody look all right in these photos right here. I'm serious. And we're probably going to hear from Kobe or uh, the, somebody you know affiliated with the Kobe Nation. This is probably the last time we'll be able to say his name out loud on the podcast. Hit us at Hang Time Podcast, the, the Twitter account, you know, or Sekou Smith 01 or Vince C.A. Thomas, and, and let us know what you think about these photos. Yeah, let us know if you think uh, Kobe is tripping on these photos. Cause this, seriously, click on something. I, the way he's looking at me right there, and that, I, I can't look at him. You can't take it? I'm done. Vince, as promised, uh, we we said we would have uh, a shot caller on the show today. Yeah, uh, TNT's Chris Weber. Uh, I know you're a big Fab Five fan. He's one of my uh, all-time favorite guys, you know, man. One of your dudes. So we're gonna have mm-hmm. him on here and see if he can break down some of this, uh, some of the stuff we've seen in the first round of playoffs and some other awards information. Uh, Chris, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good. How you doing? Good, man. Listen, before we even get started, now I gotta, you know, I gotta break it down. I'm I'm from Grand Rapids, so I. I watched you play ninth grade in the in the Grand Rapids Press Holiday Tournament. <laughs> See, everybody don't know about that. Yeah, man. we used to play up there like the Christmas tournament all the time. Yeah, I, man. I remember uh, playing in those tournaments up there. I saw you do Matt Hoffcamp real dirty as a ninth grader. You was about uh, six nine, two fifty, and just destroyed him. Old <laughs> <laughs> to be young, man. Old to be young. <laughs> and and I, then I'm sitting here trying to explain to Vince who Yapo Montgomery is because he's a legend in Grand Rapids. Oh yeah, Vince Yapo has never Montgomery. Heard of him. That was my two guard. He used to sleep in his Jordans, man. He used, to, <laughs> uh, he used to sleep in his Jordans before the game. That was one of his rituals. So yeah. he <laughs> he used to come with it. Thank you, Chris. Say, but you you were saying something about his hair, though. Yeah, um, he had cool. he had that special ed do back like we. Everybody in my city was trying to be a Yapo Montgomery. Oh yeah. man, and he had that. Yeah, his hair laid perfectly. He, <laughs> he used to look just like special ed. Yeah, so, yeah. On yeah, the mission, his huh? High top was yeah. His yes. high top was nice. His man. thing was right. Hey, Chris. Vince and I have been sitting here looking at this uh, balloting for the MVP, and we're trying to figure out how in the world Kobe didn't get a single first place vote. Come on, I mean, you think? I mean, and we could be wrong. Tell us, are we? Well, are no, we no, di- no, no, no. That's not. No, that's not my gripe. That's my gripe. Okay, not one first place vote. Well, so how many? He didn't get any first place. Did anyone else get a first place vote? Yeah, there were seven yeah. other ones. Uh, Dwight Howard and uh, Kevin Durant got the other first place votes, other than LeBron, but not one for Kobe. But hold on, Chris. But this is my thing. 
why did anyone other than LeBron <laughs> get a verse a first place vote? Like what? Like this was a unanimous MVP year from LeBron. I mean, am I am I right or wrong? Well, on I agree. I agree. A unanimous MVP. I don't think that anyone should have got a first place vote. But if anyone should have, it should have been Kobe. So I think he should be mad at his local writers or his local people um, that vote for him and didn't believe uh, that he did it. Maybe his injury has something to do with it. But um, if it wasn't Kobe, second in the MVP, I mean, maybe Dwight Howard, uh, you know, he has uh, he does play well every year. And we leave him out of that conversation. But uh, I don't think he deserved the first-place vote. I Honestly, I really I think that this year it could have been unanimously, unanimously been uh, LeBron. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 to, there's just nobody that was as valuable to their team than LeBron was to, to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They had the best record, and he played the best basketball of his career. So, I mean, like, why somebody would, would, would uh, vote for uh, some other player first than him is just is, is ridiculous. You brought up Dwight Howard, though. You say he doesn't get a – we were having a conversation earlier about him not getting a, um, some respect. Do you think there's a lack of respect for Dwight Howard? I think, I think it is a lack of respect for Dwight Howard. I think, you know, out of all the superstars, he's the most underrated. But, you know, watching him in the playoffs, I understand why. He's probably <laughs> uh, the, the most quiet uh, mm-hmm. guy that's an MVP candidate. He's probably the silliest guy that's an MVP mm-hmm. candidate. Mm-hmm. And you don't see him taking charge of his team. I think MVP has to have something to do with leadership, too, is and, it, and leadership that you can see. And you can't really see Dwight Howard's leadership on the floor. It's almost like uh, everybody else is leading him. So wow. if, if, if I have any gripes, it's, it's in his leadership abilities and that. Uh, you know, you just don't see him leading his guys um, during the game. But, you know, that's just personality. You never know. He could be doing that in the locker room or he could be doing that at practice. But um, I just don't see it. Is that is that is that gonna is that gonna keep Orlando from from ever winning a championship while he's there? I mean, this is his what's this is six season six season now. I mean, at at some point, maybe we just have to say, well, he's never going to be a leader. Like, well, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm, maybe maybe he is a leader. I just don't see it. But mm-hmm. I tell you this, um, he and Kobe has two of the most talented teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at you know who they have, who they brought in for him, the guys that are playing. His team is very talented, and he should be in the running to win a championship every year. Since he's gotten there, the last few years they've had a very talented team. So uh, he does have as good a chance as anybody to win it uh, if he's that good, which he, which I believe he is, and his teammates are. Chris, we've heard so much about LeBron, and I, and I want to steer it back to LeBron. The, there's this conversation going on right now about a guy needing a championship to validate his greatness or to validate his career. Is that fair to heap on LeBron right now that he has to win multiple titles to justify being talked about as one of the greatest ever? You know, I usually that argument about winning a championship uh, makes you a great player. I usually don't buy into that because uh, I know a lot of guys that couldn't play at all to have championships. <laughs> the Samaki Walkers, a lot of people that I played against, and I, and I wow. saw them uh, bandwagon a championship. But when you talk about guys wanting to be one of the greatest, um, just the fact that he's in that, you know, Kobe, Jordan line that they want to kind of put like the line of David, they want to <laughs> attach to Jordan. And I do think that if if you want to be called one of the greatest players to ever play this game, um, hopefully you're with the organization that gives you the players to try to win one. And I think that LeBron has the talent and um, – 
just from what he showed us, I see there's no reason why he can't win it because out of all the great players in the NBA, uh, he's the only one that can dominate a game uh, for the whole fourth quarter. I mean, I played with the Pistons, and it's probably one of the best defensive teams I've ever been on, ever seen. And he scored 25 straight points on us to close the game off. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've just never seen anything like it. So the pressure on LeBron, I would say, because he's so great, uh, I would say, yeah, it doesn't have to be fair for him. Well, well, he needs to win one. But <laughs> even if he doesn't win one, if he stopped playing today, uh, to me, uh, he's he's easily top ten of all time. Wow. What? Wow. Are you serious? Really? Yep. If he stopped seven years in the league, no yep. ring, you still put him top ten, Chris? You know why? Because wow. he's in categories that only Oscar Robinson and Jordan are in. Right. He's the youngest to score this, the youngest to score that, the first uh, defensive player to do this. Uh, he leads his team. He has many more assists than Jordan did at this point and probably the same amount of points. Right. Um, I do. I do think that I do think I would put him in top ten, and and you know it's really hard to it's really hard to talk about errors, mm-hmm. but if you have anybody in the top ten from the 1960s and 50s era, well, I I assume that LeBron with his body and skills today, if he went back to 1950, <laughs> 1960, <laughs> he he could play every position, and yeah. and he, yeah. and it would still be no case of who who could check him. If you can't check him now, you couldn't check him then. So right. he probably be, he probably dropped like 50, 20, and 20 every game if and he went he, back to the 50s. Yeah, his body is just. I mean, it's it's really with, with his body, his makeup, and, and the players that came before him. Him being able to see if I always say if there was no Magic Johnson there would not be a LeBron because Magic plays more like Magic. I'm sorry, LeBron plays more like Magic than he does like Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. He gets everybody involved. He's a big point guard almost. He can get to the basket whenever he wants. And so the players that came before him definitely made him. But you have to put him as one of the greatest only because of what he's done in such a short period. And, you know, it, it's, it's a different league. And, and, you know, championships, I do believe they validate who you are. And I believe it is a big part of the equation. But um, your GM is a big part of the equation. Players that you draft are a big part of the equation. Mm-hmm. And so um, he's already been to a championship with a terrible team, I felt. And uh, I think he's going to get a couple before he's going. <laughs> Hopefully this conversation won't mean much because I think he'll get <laughs> a couple championships in the future. Yeah, well, we, we listen, we have quite a few conversations on here that in the historical context. We're not sure if they're going to meet a whole lot. But we, we were talking about, one of our biggest disappointments from the first round of the playoffs and kind of closing the door on the first round, moving into the conference semifinals. I, I cannot get away from the, this nasty feeling that the Dallas Mavericks for 10 straight years won 50 games, Chris, and all they have to show for it is one failed attempt at a championship. Do they do they strike you as, as a group that has to change themselves over this summer? Like they got to come back in a different form to be a competitor next year? You know, uh, Charles Barkley, everybody thought I was crazy when I said that they were going to lose that series to the Spurs. But very frankly, ever since I've played and before, it's never been a respect factor for Dallas. Wow. There's nothing to respect about Dallas. There's no toughness factor. Um, You know, I I tell you, with Dallas, the biggest mistake they ever made um, uh, was letting Nick Van Exel go. He's the last toughness that I remember on that team. And, you know, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so, no, it doesn't surprise me that they've had this many 50-win seasons and didn't win because, you know, you can win during the season, but it changes. We start seeing guys with attitudes and tougher guys emerge during the playoffs. And um, uh, I, don't, I don't know what they should do. I, I, me personally, yeah, I would, I would tear the team up and start all over. But if, if, if you're losing – 
it's not a better owner to have in the league um, than the owner that they have. Cuban, to me, is, is one of the best owners because of his passion. It's not a game with him. He really loves the sport. He really studies it. And I think he's going to do everything he can to get them players that, that they need. But if you don't play defense, man, you're a joke. If you don't think yeah. about defense, you're a joke. If you don't want to play defense, if you want to flagrant foul one game out the whole year to get tough, you're a joke. <laughs> and, and that's that's basically in the M.O. on the Dallas team from that. And, and I feel really bad for Dirk because you talk about being talented players. I mean, he's one of the most talented to play, you know, and, and him not being able to – get much further I know it's really frustrating for him but I mean it would seem though um, Webb that the finger if if you're talking about a team doesn't it lacks toughness it would seem that you would have to point your finger at the franchise player for not you know provide providing that toughness right well yes and no I think yes definitely that's obvious you should do that but I say no because you've had the guy for how many years 12 years he's not going to change right and I think what great teams do is that they put different players in different situations. You know, when Michael was getting beat up, they who they got? They got Oakley. Then they yeah. went and got uh, the big fella Cartwright. Then they got other players, and they changed it because the Pistons were beating this guy up. I think that you have to get guys that totally match each other's personality, and I thought that's why Karan Butler was going to be good for them because he added that piece of toughness. He drove to the basket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually posted up. He did those things. But, you know – I'm, I'm not sure. This is a difficult one, man, because Jason Terry, to me, has that toughness. Jason Kidd played the best season of his career, uh, one of the best seasons, shot the best three points from his career. So it's a little disturbing to me how, how they could lose with that much talent, but they're missing an, intang- an, an intangible because they have all the talent in the world on their teams. It, well, it, you talk, talking about tough teams, do you think Boston – uh, can 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 beat the Cavaliers. I, I'm one of the people that I, I I think Boston can can absolutely win that series. You you think they have a chance? Uh, I do. I think it's going to go more to seven games. Uh, it's funny how they wanted to trade Ray Allen, and he's <laughs> probably one of the most consistent players that they have during mm-hmm. the playoffs. Um, I do, uh, but they're going to have trouble with that pick and roll because LeBron is so great, and and so much pressure is put on Rondo. Rondo to me is top four point guards in the league because. Absolutely of what he does every night. He doesn't have to shoot jumpers. He can get you 10 layups, 10 jumpers, whatever he wants to do. But if, if the way he goes is the way that they will go. Hopefully they get a little more production out of Sheed. KG's definitely getting older. I don't know if he's going to have any more 20-point games in this series. Mm-hmm. But I think as a team, that intangible that we talk about Dallas not having, they ooze it. They wow. ooze that intangible of toughness, of yeah. paying attention to detail, of not letting you come in our house and beat us. So I always hang my hat. On underdogs that have heart more so than talent. Yeah. Well, Chris, I mean, do, can you smell any other team in the East or West that has a chance? I mean, everybody's kind of thought it was a foregone conclusion that we're going to see a Lakers-Cavs final. Who Who is the team on each side that you can see knocking them off and, and upsetting this whole thing? Well, I'll tell you, I talked to Matt Barnes uh, once in a while, and uh, he really believes his team could do it. I mean, he's – from the end of the season, uh, he would text or text little things like, yo, we're coming, we're tougher. Nobody believes in us. And, you know, he'd just call, get mad, you know. And, and I like those type of things because those are the emotions I used to have as a player when you really want your team to prove who they are. I, I do like – I think Orlando's the most talented team from top to bottom. Yeah. When you look at who they have, they have multiple guys.
guys I can get you twenty. Peaches can get you twenty. Uh, Peaches, uh, uh, they have uh, Vince Carter can get you twenty. Rashard can get you twenty. Um, of course, their point guard can get you twenty. Nelson, um, mm-hmm. the big fella, can get you the twenty twenty. Um, mm-hmm. Gortat can come give you fifteen. Riddick can give you fifteen. These guys have scores. They, they're not gonna uh, hurt for scoring. I just wonder with them how they play. They don't play with their head a lot. They they don't keep Dwight Howard involved, and that's why I talk about his leadership. I've never seen a big man that the guards weren't scared not to get the ball to. Right. I mean, you got to let them know, like, I need the ball in order for us to win. And so I do see Orlando being able to topple the winner coming out of this uh, series between Boston and Cleveland. But um, I still think Cleveland's the favorite. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's something else, man, because I, I really think that uh... – like you said, there there's some chinks in the arm of basically everybody in the playoffs, man. I can't remember the last time we went into a playoffs thinking any of these teams could really get through. You know, I mean, you're, you're right. And you know what's crazy about it? I, I feel that whoever wins the East is going to win the championship easily. Wow. Easily? I love that. Four to two. No respect, no respect <laughs> for the Lakers, huh, Wab? You know what? I respect Kobe, but, man, they're, they're too Hollywood, man. Uh, everybody, <laughs> you know, and nobody talks about Lamar Odom. Mm-hmm. who's never seen. And forget about all that coming off the bench and making one pass and going home with two assists. You need to get in there and rebound. You're 6'10". Yeah. You need to rebound. You need to muck it up. You need to get in there. And, and, and you know, Paul Gasol has been a little bit inconsistent, but at least he's come through. He's the only one that's really – well, Fisher. Everybody talks yeah. about how old Fisher is, and Fisher has these problems guarding these point guards. You're right. But you know he's going to play hard every night, and you know he's going to do his best and, and score. So I, I don't look at the Lakers. You, you know, let's just remember this. Two years ago when the Lakers played the Celtics uh, in game seven, or, or whatever game it was, it was the closeout yeah, game. Yeah, game six, I think. Um, the Celtics beat them by 30-something yeah. and punked them to death. <laughs> Big Celtics, you didn't see no talking between Gasol. You ain't seen none of that. Nah. KG in their face, spitting, cussing, <laughs> doing all that. And – and, and I talk to Kobe about that often, and he feels that that's what helped them win the championship the next year. Right. I do too, mm-hmm. but they didn't play the Celtics the next year. That's you know, it's certain point. teams that when you're tough, you can handle what's going on. You don't care about the hoopla, what the coach says about foul trouble and everything like that. And I think that they're going to run into some teams that that want their crown and don't, and don't care how, you know, how they're the NBA's darling, so to speak. Well, so. They, they got Ron Ron now, Chris. So, I mean, I think I, I, I think that makes them a lot tougher. And, you know, I, I, and I don't think that it's the – I think this team is different than the, than the one that we saw in 2008. So, I, I don't know if everybody's just – I don't know if, you know, Boston or whomever, Cleveland would just, you know, run up in the staples and punk them like they did back in 08. I, I agree. And, and I definitely am a big fan of Ron Ron, but – you know, I was a big fan of Kimbo Slice, too, when he was fighting, <laughs> he was fighting on the streets. And Kimbo Slice got into that UFC and got knocked Good out because that confidence is different. Good point. And you don't see Ron Ron. He's not involved in the offense. He's kind of lost out there. But he's D'ing up, though, Chris. I mean, I, I don't uh, – is he? Yeah, I mean, you didn't you didn't think he did a good job on Durant in the in the in the um, first round? Wow, Durant. You know, it's funny. Everybody says that he wasn't. They had to put they had to put Kobe on Durant. They had to <laughs> double Durant every time. Durant shot a bunch of terrible shots. No, I don't think he's done a good job. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's and I don't think Ariza was that great of a player. I just think that he fit into the system. Yeah, Ariza is not I better agree. than Ron Artest by no stretch of the imagination no, right now. But he just fit into that system, and so. I don't know. I think a lot of times, you know, Ron needs the ball. It's much 
better after you score to go down and play hard defense or when you're touching the ball. But just to be used for the defensive guy and get your butt busted every play, I don't, I don't know how much impact, you know, that that really has on it. But Ron comes and plays hard every night. But even he, he's still not shooting the percentages that you thought. He's just still not playing the way that, that you thought he would play on this team. Yeah, Man, I – you heard it here first on the Hang Time podcast. Chris Weber, the Eastern Conference wins the finals four two. Listen, man, we we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna swoop into the TNT set and, and uh, kidnap you, man, and let you hang with us every week. This is this is too good, man. Charles and them don't know what they got down there. Hey, man, well, I listen to y'all, man, so I love it. Y'all keep it going, man. I'm here whenever y'all need me. We appreciate right, it. Well, hey, Chris, take it easy now. Shout All out right. to the Fat Five. No doubt. <laughs> Peace to Grand Rapids and, and Floyd Mayweather. Yes, another, sir. Another Grand Raggedy uh Yes, alumni. sir. Would you tell him, Chris? You Thank go. you. I've been talking about it all day, man. Listen, we appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. All right, man. Take care. Chris Weber on the Hang Time Podcast. Vince, I believe he mentioned what I needed to hammer home to you before we get out of here. <laughs> we back on that? Yes, sir. Money Mayweather, baby. But listen, uh, every time we talk to these guys, mm-hmm. they drop knowledge and, and give us insight into this stuff that I think is so underrated. Mm-hmm. You know, that toughness factor that he talked about. We haven't talked about that where the Lakers are concerned, but that's really a, that's a great point. Well, the- you know, are they the – well, no, seriously, though, because – even the series against Oklahoma City and even the game one against Utah, they didn't pull away. It was they had to scrap, and I'm and I'm impressed that they did. But as as we go on in the playoffs, it's gonna be interesting to see we who might have, we who, might, who bows up and who doesn't. We might have to chop it up on, on that on, on the tip in later. In the yeah, because yeah, I because I mean I I I don't I don't I don't get the you know Lakers are soft rhetoric. I mean I don't I just I, he didn't say they were soft. He just said they don't have no. the same toughness. You know they they. <sighs> I didn't, I didn't think about that. They went through Orlando last year in the finals. Not that same Schnorton and, you know, Boston team that jumped on them the year before. So it'll be interesting to see if they do get to the finals this year and say they play Cleveland or Boston and not Orlando, how do they, you know, how do they respond to a team that's going to smack them in the mouth? That's that's great stuff. Listen, Hang Time Podcast, we don't have enough time to HTP, give you everything baby. we need to every week. I'm I'm sick. We're gonna we're gonna fist fight uh, with Micah here. We're gonna go in here and slap box with our producer and get another hour because uh, it's it's just not enough time to give you all this great stuff. Hang time podcast. Catch us on Twitter. Yes. Hang time podcast on Twitter. Vince C A Thomas on Twitter. Seku Smith O one all on Twitter. NBA.com, The Hang Time blog. You don't need to miss this stuff. It's great stuff. We're gonna see you next time on the Hang Time podcast, Vince. Take it easy. <laughs>